Welcome to another episode of Boston Brady Cream uh, podcast talking about all things Pats. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, we got right fucked up, didn't we, boys? Fuck! Uh, Fuck! Fuck! We got, I, I don't know why Max Jones got his cock so fucking twisted, but it's a real uh, fucking uh, piece of shit going on over there. Uh, and I blame Bobby Kraft. Who do you blame, Scotty? I blame those fucking refs. If it wasn't for those goddamn refs, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have had, we would have won that game. Could have cost, cost us at least, at least 35, at least 40, 40, 40 points. Five points. Yeah. Paul? You, you know who it is? It's that damn Matt Judon. Like, what Judon do all day, man? I didn't see him at all. <laughs> also, all why right. doesn't it say recording as I look at this? All right. Don't tell me this is not recording. <laughs> no, it's recording. I see it. Frank is recording the it's call. It's recording. I don't all know right. what you're doing, Paul. You, <laughs> you suddenly moved out. Paul, oh, Paul that, what Sam Adams are you on, Paul? Are you on number five? Because that's, that's number five, then you, you need to work on your vision. I need to work on a lot <laughs> of things right now. No. Our accents, the accents are starting to go. It's time to go. I got, I got vaguely cockney at the end there. <laughs> I apologize. Mine was turning into Southern at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Southern, you can fall into, as a person who has done different accents, uh, not professionally, but in front of people for a while, like a Southern comes out of nowhere fast. (laughs) You can be anywhere in the world. And all of a sudden you're in Alabama when you're doing an accent. Um, No, it's maybe next year, a podcast that delights in the salty, salty tears of Boston, um, Scott and Paul, I will not make you introduce yourselves again. But no, that was um, that was a disaster. You know what? You guys did a great job. I did not tell them what we were gonna do, and they they both followed along mm. uh, delightfully. So that that's the pro that's the problem with having me as a host is I get into a good mood, I have a little bit of energy, and I just start like throwing curveballs and um, you know. But they got they kept you guys kept up wonderfully. Thank you. Throws off the normally extellar uh, preparation that goes into this. Podcast. Yes, I mean usually the opens are. I mean they're on the level of the office, just like well done, the time <laughs> the right kind of perfect result right. in legends. Um, yeah. but uh, no, the I mean, I I mean I don't even know how to start the show. Um. There's no word that properly describe what happened in Buffalo, um, th- th- which is why I settled on Perfectenschlag. Speaking of the office, um, the, I will state facts that the Buffalo Bills beat the New England Patriots 47 to 17 to advance to the divisional round in what is uh, arguably and 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 by many metrics, not even arguably the single greatest offensive performance by a team ever, um, ever in the history of the NFL. Um, and that doesn't really begin to scratch the surface of what this game means and and is. Because this game, in my mind, it, barring, barring the ultimate victory, this game will go down as the single greatest Bills game in history. I think that this is it right now. I think this is the the new number one. Um, and there are a million different ways to talk about this game. Um, I would love to talk about how great they are. I We, we definitely are all going to take a turn talking about how awful the Patriots are. Um, and I don't even know what else to say. It's all going to come out as we get talking about it. But, Scott, you woke up. 
you you went to bed and you woke yourself up at one in the morning to watch this football game. And dare I say, um, you made the most delightfully correct choice on the planet. It it was it's scary, right? Uh, for those of you who have never had to wake up in the middle of the night to watch a game that you were invested in, and I was invested in this game. We were all very invested in this game. If this game went another direction, all of us would have been very disappointed. And it's super disappointing to wake up at O Dark Thirty and watch your team lose for four hours. I've done that for like Wisconsin Rose Bowls. That is not a fun thing to do when you're overseas. Um, so th- there was some trepidation, but all I will say is. If you could, um, guys, uh, I don't know when I'm going to die. If I die and you two are alive, um, that's that's the hard part. Obviously, I'm going to die at some point. Um, You know, again, 200, 300 years in the future with with my age and modern technology and high level of income. Um, But if if I die and you guys are alive, you. Feel free to talk to Andrea or whoever is around executing things for the funeral. Feel free to just tell them, Scott said you can play this game and the 2012 Big Ten Championship game just on a loop. During the service, during the the reception, during whatever kind of Viking funeral I'm having. Because I feel like I don't think it could get a lot better headed out on 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 this like the a super bowl win this year would do it maybe afc champ honestly the afc championship would be pretty pretty fantastic but it wouldn't be against the pats in the afc championship right it would be against somebody else yeah Bengals like, right Chiefs, yeah maybe like but like the tennessee or cincinnati i have nothing personal against those teams i'm not obviously like it'd be nice to have a little payback for home run throwback but that was this was 15 years ago i'm i'm 50 over it yeah it was uh, one thing 20 something years ago too it's not like a repeated trauma it's not, it's not being held down for 20 years and punched in the face repeatedly by one team and to just um yeah to 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 kind of thoroughly dominate a team like that from start to finish in pretty much every aspect of the game is uh, yeah i mean i don't think i've seen it a lot of games a lot of professional football games obviously in college you see that happen all the time because the talent disparity can just be so different but in terms of a professional football team to do that to another professional football team in a in a playoff game where the other team was good and has had your number for for many years and has played you tight even six weeks ago. Uh, I get it. That game had a lot of weird things going on, but they still ran the ball for 200 yards. They had some they had things figured out a little bit against us. And, yeah, it would have been different if we could have thrown the ball, but it, it wasn't. I don't think we would have blown them out, you know, 47 nothing. Um so to to have them all put it together like this, I mean, I, we can go around again and I can talk about the individual performances and stuff, but just like in terms of the, the broad sweep of history, yes, I don't think it's it's going to be really tough to top this game short of a Super Bowl victory, I think. Yeah, I had uh, I'd said last week, and I feel accurately that the Bills had not played a complete game really all season. That is something I can no longer say. There was no lull in this game on either side of the ball. The offense with about as near perfect a performance as you will see in an NFL game. It is hilarious that when Josh Allen threw his fifth touchdown pass, his quarterback rating for the game went down because it was only a one-yard completion. That was the level of perfection that this offense was playing at. 
the entire day, and it was just a... Everything you need to know about quarterback rating in one play. <laughs> yes. That, threw that touchdown too bad, only one yard. So, Tommy Doyle, uh, you, you made Josh's rating go down, and you should feel nothing but shame. So, yeah, and we could talk... The commentators, you know, and the analysis of this game, which I've read and watched way too much of, just to enjoy, try to extend this joyful moment as far as I can... I would be drinking, I'd still be drinking White Russians right now if it weren't, you know, 11.59 in the morning here in the on the East Coast of the USA. It, it, it was just so fabulous, and they all focus on Allen, and they should because his game was phenomenal. Look at what everyone else did, though, too. Look at, look at Dawson Knox catching a throwaway on the first drive. Look at how the beginning of the game set that whole tone. The Bills try and throw the ball away and get a touchdown. Mac Jones... Plays like uh, much, much better than a rookie, especially on that opening series where he completes at what third and 16, then scrambles on a third and 10, and then seems to throw a perfectly dropped dime into Nelson Aguilar that's going to tie the game. And then Micah freaking Hyde out of nowhere, leaping, making one of the best interceptions I have ever seen. It, it was just a joy to behold. And then they kept that up the entire game. It was. There will be, and Frank Frank said it outright, I, I can't imagine a game bringing more joy than this until slash unless they they win the big one because this was taking that bully, that 20-year bully, as you, you said, and just punching him in the face and saying, that's that, guys. It's The year is over now. We're the team to beat, and it's official. We're moving on, and you're headed home. Sayonara. Yeah. It's just... um and. I'll start in a second with the analysis of the game. We'll take another turn about it, but it's not just um, for me. It's not just that it's that the, the uh, uh, I have a bills fan walking out my window. I kind of want to stop the podcast and yell at him, but I'm going to leave him alone, which is just different for Virginia. We, it doesn't happen <laughs> as often, um, but any, in any event, um, it wasn't just that they, they, they beat this team. They really exposed the Patriots like for the naked mess that they are. Their defense is old and slow, right? Like they have very smart players. They're very capable that to do some things, but when the bills are healthy and everybody is there, they just there is a huge talent discrepancy. The the Mac Jones didn't play a bad football game. In fact, you can say like one of his interceptions was remarkable. It's like like an unbelievable um interception by Hyde you know now maybe a less noodly arm quarterback gets it in there a little faster and Hyde doesn't have any chance at all in the play but the other one you know gets knocked up in the air and Levi Wallace comes down with it so you know here he is this is a Mac Jones game okay this is kind of almost what you want out of Mac Jones if you're Bill Belichick this is what you're expecting 24 of 38 for 232 yards and two touchdowns and as I said the two interceptions kind of exceptional circumstances he doesn't have it to keep up with teams like this is it. This is as good. I think this is about as good as you're going to get out of Mac Jones. OK, Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, like for all the bookie man talk of of he can he can figure stuff out and he'll have something different. He had nothing. There was zero up his sleeve. The man punted down 14. He punted on fourth and one. He had a cowardly field goal before the end of the half just literally to get something on the board. He, both of his touchdowns are kind of like a waste of time. And. For the defensive guru who built a, the second best defense in the league and has made his mark on defense, um, he gave up a tr an NFL historic 
offensive performance. Josh Allen did something that Tom Brady and no other quarterback has ever done with his seven drives and seven touchdowns and no field goals and punts. I mean, I think everybody listening to this podcast knows that by now. He was exposed as a person who, not that he hasn't isn't accomplished and hasn't done great things, but he's exposed as a person who probably hasn't kept up with the football, game of football and thought that this was an acceptable way to build the team. So to me, um, the 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 undressing of the king, right? The 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 the, the emperor has no clothes was uh, top notch. It's just truly you if 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 you are a a Patriots personnel person or a fan who who cares and thinks about this as a Patriots fan, you no longer have you no longer get to think how am I going to build my football team? All thoughts about building the Patriots now revolve around one thing: how do we stop Josh Allen? And congratulations to the next 20 years of your life, I hope, because I I sincerely believe that like there's no reason to think that the Bills won't continue to do this type of thing to that team for a long time. I think I think buckle in because it, the the truth is they weren't close. They they really weren't close and um they were probably never close. So, um I'd like to just talk I mean Stat-wise or, or, or game analysis-wise, I mean, I think one of the really great things that I noticed is, like, the 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 Bills finally look like, I think, what the Bills were meant to look like on offense. You know, they uh, I think McKenzie has really changed the offense uh, passing. He really presents a, a second threat. Like, I think he's the missing John – Not he's not John Brown, obviously, but he's the guy who – fits in the, the gap that the guys like Brown left um, with his ability to stretch the field. Um, and then it was really nice when he was doing the crossing route and then just stopped. And like, you know, they, they just had the, the Patriots coming and going. Uh, the other two things that really make the difference, maybe even more of a difference than McKenzie, um, the offensive line has been settled now for three or four weeks and they look settled. And that has led to Devin Singletary. Um, I think being the complimentary running piece that, we all agree was good, right? Like you wanted a running back who could get 10 to 15 carries and average five carries a yard. And that is now a dimension of football that football teams have to accommodate for. Um, and so, you know, the running just enough is there. So I'm thrilled that the bills seem to be hitting this on all cylinders. I am triply thrilled that it comes against the Patriots. I turn it over to Scott for one final chance to, I will continue to talk and the assumption that it was my time to talk because Frank kind of trailed off at the end there. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, no, I mean, I think in terms of individual performances, we'll get to three stars in a second. But, yeah, I mean, I think um, I probably won't spend a ton of time on the defense in three stars, but I think they did a tremendous job over the course of the three Patriots games, right, going from that 220-yard with the big Damian Harris run that ended up costing the Bills the game, basically, <clears throat> in the first game to a much more, you know, the, the Patriots offense moved the ball in the second game, even with the, the um, Mac Jones being able to throw somewhat. Um, but the run game had been sufficiently reduced at that point to not really pose as much of a threat to the Bills for the whole game. And then finally, in this game, they got to the three yards a carry kind of for Harris and Stevenson combined, which is obviously that's that's where you really need to be. And that was definitely had to be the Patriots game plan coming into the game was we were going to have to, we're going to have to try and run the ball, 
keep Allen on the sidelines, slow the game down, limit the number of possessions, stay out of a shootout, you know, get up early if we can. And so we took them completely out of that game plan. And even if the game plan, even if we hadn't scored on offense, if they ran the ball like they did, they weren't going to score any points anyway because we were going to keep them to three yards of carry. So that's, that is, uh, so the improvement in the defense and stopping that has been tremendous the whole time. And then, uh, you know, obviously the pass defense was, they, they did an okay job. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't be perfect mm-hmm. in every way. You're going to, you're going to have some, unless you're playing, uh, who we play last week, the Jets and Zach Wilson and yeah. hold them to yards passing. Yeah. You're not going to do that every week. Um, but you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, McDaniels is a good quarterback, um, coordinator. So you're going to have a whole hero there, but in general, um, huge, huge performance by the defense, um, getting the turnovers as well. Um, Tyler Bass, we'll get him next time, Tyler. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, yeah, on offense, good, uh, good yeah. week to have, good week to have a bad week, right? <laughs> yes. But yeah, we'll, I, I can do three stars in a minute. Just, uh, just. Does Paul want to go? Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, re, I'll finish the thoughts quickly. I think when Frank brought up what McKenzie brings to the offense, remember that Brian Dable signed him in 2018, or excuse me, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean signed him in, during the 2018 season at the express request of Brian Dable, saying they needed more speed around the edge, and they thought a guy like Isaiah McKenzie could bring that. And here we are, and they're still finding new ways to exploit him, to see him on these running plays that we haven't seen him do in years. And what that brings to the offense, as far as an outside threat, has been great. It's criminal that we brought up Devin Singletary so late in the discussion because he was just so – what he's brought to – Frank had used it uh, – I, I can't remember his exact term, but – basically it's the right amount of running for this yeah. offense. I think he ran 18 times or so for 80 16. something, 16 times for 81 yards of more than five yards carry or five carries a yard. is Frank. A couple of it. receptions too. Yeah. A couple of receptions. So he did very, very well. And he's averaged that pretty much the last few games, about 16 carries and 81 yards, almost exactly. And that means Josh Allen's only needing to run six times a game. So those have been impactful when he is running. They're making a difference, but you're keeping him out of harm's way. And by having that amount of bounce, I think that's helping the offensive line and their pass protection as well, because no longer can opponents just sit back, assume like, okay, the bills are one dimensional. So we're just going to send the house pass rushing every down and they can do what they they'll try to do. So I think that balance has just been so key. I will disagree slightly on Mac Jones. Frank had mentioned this is the best he's going to get. I think he's a rookie. I think he's going to continue to improve. I will say I don't think he's ever going to be Josh Allen. And I think the Patriots are really going to have to build around him and create a Joe Flacco-esque environment if mm-hmm. he is to succeed. And that is totally a way to win Super Bowls. The The Ravens did it with Flacco. Uh, I thought he was the best player for the Pats on, yes. on Saturday. Offensive line gave him no protection. Harris did nothing. His receivers dropped balls. And I didn't look at each player on the Pats defense individually, but as a unit, how could you get much worse? And so, yeah, the one, the, you, you always need something to go wrong. So kudos to Tyler Bass for, you know, being the thing that goes wrong in a game that doesn't matter. Uh, I'm sure him and Matt Hawk and Reed Ferguson will get on the same page this week, figure out what went wrong and, Hopefully drive us through into the, the Chiefs game. I'll just quickly say, let me let me amend it. I think you're right. Matt Jones was the best player for the Patriots. I was only trying to say that, like, this was just about the kind of performance you want from Matt Jones. You know, ah, but because yes. I felt this year, I felt like that's probably what they wanted him to do, because I really felt like the two interceptions were <clears throat> not quite not his fault. But, you know, they, they were unlucky plays for him. Bit. He forced the second one a little bit. He The guy was yeah. covered, threw it to him. 
it, it, and then when you do that, it can get popped up in the air and yes. intercepted. Does it deserve to get right. intercepted every time? No, but it can happen. So Regardless, I think what I'm trying to say is like a pretty good Mac Jones game was entirely ineffectual against Mills. Like, right? Like, <laughs> even if you want to say he had a B or a B plus game, like really, like even if he had his A game, what, what was going to change? What was going to change about that game? All right. Um, let's go to let's go to three stars. And uh, I mean, let, let's go to 333 stars, I imagine, this week. <laughs> Honorable mention, um, Tyler Bass and everybody else gets stars. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tyler didn't have the best game, so he's not going to make it this week. I understand it was cold and chilly. If he was like perfect and made like a 50 yarder, he would have been in star territory, probably, but not not quite. Um I will say I will be happy to give uh, Kendrick Bourne an honorable mention because he didn't play a terrible game for the Patriots. He, he had one drive where he carried the Patriots to his score. He had like a reverse that went for a lot of yards. He had yeah. a big catch, then fourth down touchdown catch. And somebody threw a dildo at him. So, yeah, that's <laughs> a complete game right there. That's a, uh, that, yeah. Um, so the 7 for if 77. If you a dildo at you, you're doing something right is what we want people to take out of this. Probably, yeah. Seven for 77 and two touchdowns for Bourne, one one carry for 14 yards. Um, moving over to the the winning and Bill's side of the ledger, um, a number of other honorable mentions we can throw out. I will throw out Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, three three carries for 29 yards as well as three catches for 45 yards. Um, it was nice to see uh, who else I didn't see. Tommy Doyle, big yes. catch for the touchdown just to stick it in their faces even more as many was... touchdown receptions in the playoffs as Emmanuel Sanders, as it turns out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> tremendous, uh, tremendous performance there. Um, I will give honorable mentions to um, Boogie Basham, uh, Jerry Hughes and Starla Tule all had sacks. Um, a nice game from the defensive line, as we were saying, keeping, keeping Jones kind of uh, off, off, off his, off his balance. And, uh, you know, he did okay with it. He still still ran the ball once or twice. It was, was good uh, good for the Pats, I guess. Good for them. But uh, didn't, didn't do a lot either. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get into the, the three stars now. We'll go to uh, Micah Hyde as your third star with the, the obviously the huge Willie Mays style interception in the middle of the field. Um, also, obviously, led the had to do tackles as well. But that was a very important play. I mean, obviously, you never know how the game's going to go. I think the Bills would have run regardless, but it could have been certainly a more interesting game if the if the Pates or Pats, Pates, let me call them the Pates. The Pates are the Pates from now on. Yeah, <laughs> the Pates. Um, if they're able to, uh, you know, keep up with the Bills for a little bit, that that changes the dynamic of the game a little bit. But uh, they weren't. They suck. Um, <laughs> moving on to your uh, second star. Goes to uh, Devin Singletary. He has the 16 carries yeah. and 81 yards and two touchdowns, as well as the three uh, catches and 13 yards. Um, so, yeah, another good day at the office. Almost 100 total yards in scrimmage and the two touchdowns. Again, I think I also like he was running. There were still too many times where he gets the carry and he takes two half steps just to kind of get his bearings, it seems like, before <laughs> mm-hmm. he runs. Um, when he actually takes the carry and picks the hole immediately and starts running towards it, he's a far more effective running back. It's almost as if it's hard for the line in front of him to block consistently. And so if he just runs past them quicker, it'll go easier. I think right. we should try that um, going forward. Um, so anyway, Devin, just as you're listening, as I'm sure you are. Um, <laughs> Long time listener, Devin Singletary, even before yeah, he was that, Bill, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and your first star, of course. Dawson Knox, five care, five catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns. 
Um, nice, obviously, physical presence. Um, able to get open, make make a nice catch. Um, obviously, the huge boxing out on the on the the second touchdown was fantastic to see. Um, with a guy guy on his back, um, you know, has the physical kind of ability to keep him there and still make the catch um, with great concentration. So that's why he gets the first star. And are we missing anybody? I I, I don't know. I I was going to ask if maybe somebody had been retired. Yeah. Was no. was there someone handing the ball to Singletary? I can't. Yeah, it, it might have been. And someone was throwing those pass to Knox. Oh, right. It's our first ever zeroth star. A zeroth <laughs> star for Josh Allen. The infinite <laughs> limit is reached. <laughs> when when you throw more touchdowns than, uh, than incompletions and still run for 66 yards in a playoff game over your hated rivals, uh, yes, at that point, you basically have a perfect... Uh, had a perfect Hubert rating until your last, as we said, touchdown pass a minute ago. Um, and you lead arguably the greatest ever playoff performance uh, by an offense. You get the zero star. Uh, Josh Allen, 21 of 25, 308 yards, five touchdowns, the 98.5 QBR, which is the, a new NFL record for that, again, in the playoffs, wow. uh, against the number one, not the number one defense, because we are the number one defense, but the number one Devo A defense of the number one defense that he could have played. Exactly. And uh, and then, yes, also the, the six carries for 66 yards. Uh, supreme, magnificent, sublime, incredible, extraordinary, magnificent. Uh, the adjectives, the the English language does not do justice to the, the performance that Josh Allen put off. So that is zero star. I like because I, I really do think about going back to um, not algebra. What was a calculus where you you maybe calculate the limit and it would like you could never get there so it would just like go up infinitely off the top of the graph and i feel like that's alan now alan is like uh, he's at the limit he's just going up he just needs to keep doing it for three more games that's the only problem if he does that for three more games we're gonna have a new favorite um we're gonna have a new top bills game of all time um so yes Thank you again for a wonderful three stars and keeping us on our toes because that was that was really good. Uh, the rest of the playoffs were were pretty interesting. Um, Dallas, I, the Dallas game was probably the most interesting talked about talked about game, yeah. right? Like it was a close game and it was sort of controversial. I mean, I get it that like it's not really fair that a, a, an umpire can't keep up with. Dak on the last scramble of the game so he can spike the ball and maybe there should be a rule change where you can turn to an umpire and say I would like to spike the ball and you just like don't actually have to spike it and they just you lose a down and and they stop the clock for you but um that has been the rule for yep. the entirety of football and so that's why we don't go for a QB sneak with 14 seconds left and no timeouts you just start throwing the football um yeah, they you got know. what they deserve there. I mean, I, I, I don't I, I certainly don't yeah, disagree with you about a potential rule change, but you know the situation. And if if he slides maybe uh, three yards earlier, it doesn't make that big a difference. And maybe the ump gets in time there for him to spike it. Also, yeah. before he spikes it, he, there, the, the, ball, the snap happened before the clock expired. So he could at least have tried to desperate. They could have gone in the holiday before and said, I'm going to slide. I'm not going to necessarily even have time to spike. It just snapped me. Everyone run, um, you know, five deep patterns, five, five guys straight down field. I can't think of yeah. the term and do it that way. So that's entirely on the, the Cowboys decision makers and, and Dak, like it could be changed, but to blame the refs for that, for the way something's been done for the entirety of football. Exactly. Yeah. 
you lost. You should have played uh, a better game. <laughs> what else? What else was there? There was the the Bengals and Raiders, which I didn't watch. Um, but yeah, I only I, watched the last few minutes of that. That yeah. was basically as expected. You know, I would say that it, that I game watched was. the I watched the first half. I will say the the Bengals did have some red zone problems, which was interesting because the Raiders. I think they said on the telecast that the Raiders had the worst touchdown um, percentage red zone on defense, like the, the you know the defensive touchdown mm-hmm. defensive red zone percentage. They had the worst defensive percentage in since like 2008. It was a historically bad red zone defense, and the Raiders managed to hold them to a couple field goals early, which allowed them to hang on in that game. And then you end up, and then you combine that with the Burrow kind of touchdown, not a touchdown, the whistle blew, whatever. Like obviously an incredible play by Burrow, but and and it shouldn't have been blown dead. But it it was more interesting in the sense that Cincinnati did not blow a, a, a not a terrible, but certainly that was our our pick for the least terrifying playoff team that we could play. Um, yeah, you know I think Cincinnati definitely has some work to do coming into this uh, game with Titans. The Titans are certainly not unbeatable, um, but Cincinnati has to play better if they're going to win that game. Right. Mixon and Burrow didn't put up the numbers we're used to seeing them put up in that game either. So the Raiders defense obviously found some solutions in there that the Titans will certainly copy, I imagine. Um, The uh, Tampa smothered whoever they played, the Eagles. That's right, the Eagles. They kind of just smothered the Eagles. And then I watched the first half and then I went uh, for a bike ride. (laughs) Right. And don't we have one more game tonight? We do. We have the Cardinals and Rams. I was debating like, oh, we're going to not be able to report on that. But I'm like that is the game least likely to have an effect on the Bills? Because even if the Bills can complete this journey, what are the odds that the Cardinals or Rams are waiting at the end of it? So Right. Plenty of time to break that down when we get there. Yes. Right. And that, it's funny because I'm laughing at myself going, well, what was the third AFC game? And, of course, the Buffalo game was the, the one in my mind that's the third AFC game because I <laughs> want to finish with um, the next opponents, the Kansas City Chiefs, who I swear to God – I, the only thing that scared me about the Steelers was they are kind of like they kind of have curse magic around them. And I just have been saying for weeks that they fail upwards. They have this they they have this kind of sloggy attitude. Like it's like one of these things where like if you were playing a role playing game or a video game, like as you got closer to them physically, you would start to move slower and you'd be unable to like that's what would make them so hard to fight was like your proximity to them. Um, and sure enough, they got up seven nothing on the Chiefs, but then the Chiefs sort of became the Chiefs and they will face the Bills next week. It's a it's a toss up. I'll, I'll open this up to you guys. Um, this question. Would you have rather played the Bengals at home or the Chiefs on the road? I think that they're for me, obviously, I think the the default is you'd always prefer to play at home and Cincinnati by record is certainly the weaker team, but Cincinnati also has the profile of the type of team that gives Buffalo trouble, you know, decent running game, dynamic quarterback. Like there was a good, there's a good mix of stuff there that's happening with them. And I was sort of like, I don't know, like that, that's one of those sketchy matchups versus Kansas city's excellent, but since the AFC championship game last year, this, the entirety of this team has been built to contend with the chiefs, right? Like that's what this right. last year has been about is yep. we need to beat the chiefs. So here they are. It's the chiefs. Paul, what do you think of my, and I, I don't know that I'm necessarily ready to say one way or the other, and I'm not asking you to, but, but give us your 
your initial thoughts on anything playoffs related and maybe my question there about the, the Bengals and the, and the Chiefs. Yeah, it's funny you uh, brought it that way. I was I was uh, communicating on Twitter with our, our friend Jay Ross, not Scott's friend, but our friend. Uh, and he brought the same question. I said that he summarized concerns well. The Bengals are an unknown. They And again, the type of team the Bills have a problem with. The running back, uh, who's very, very good and a, and a very good QB uh, to go with him. Uh, whereas the Bills were actually beat to build a team like Kansas City, which they already showed they can do back on Sunday night in October, albeit at a time when the Chiefs didn't really have it together. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I would probably have preferred the Bengals. But because they just don't seem to have the level of talent that the Chiefs do, certainly not the known level of talent that the Chiefs do. And the Chiefs mm-hmm. are the two time defending AFC <clears throat> champions. So that's the, the the best of the best. I mean, they've made three straight AFC title games. They've won the last two, like I just said. And, you know, they're not going to be an easy out. Uh, but, you know, you can beat them. You've been through this before. This might be, I hope I am extraordinarily wrong on this, but this might be that first game. We're like, oh boy, we kind of miss Trey White right now, don't we? Um, yeah. You know, they're going to have to play a phenomenal defensive game. The Chiefs defense, yes, I know they played, oh, so much better in the second half of the season. I don't really worry about the Chiefs defense that much. When they had to face a real offense like the Bengals, they looked like the Chiefs' usual defense. So I think the Bills will be able to have a lot more success than they did in last year's AFC title game. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but how well can the defense contain Mahomes and the Chiefs will definitely be the challenge. And I'm getting way too close to game preview territory here. So I will just say I worried, I worried more about the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I am as well. I mean, I think obviously the Bengals are not are are a problematic matchup as well. I mean, I think Jamar Chase is and Joe Burrow have this thing going where they are just on the same page, locked in, whatever. And you need a number one corner to come in there. And disrupt that to have any to have a chance to to slow down their offense at least and not turn it into a just who gets the ball last kind of game. Um, obviously, with 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 White gone, we don't have that. So I don't think um, it's a good matchup in that sense. But not, but frankly, like um, Tyreek Hill is also not a good matchup for anyone on the Bills secondary right now either. And Travis Kelsey is still on their team and also not a good matchup. So it's still. Um, it's still more problematic for me to go into into Kansas City and play them. Um, that said, it's it's yeah, you're you're definitely at the pick your poison. We're here to play good teams part of the season. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're down to the final eight teams in the NFL, there there's not going to be any easy outs at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Mario Addison was the only person to leave a game with an injury to his shoulder. He was questionable to return. They were up by a lot, so I don't think he did return. Yeah, he and didn't I, come back, but we don't know. Why was it uh, we're up by a lot or like, oh, his shoulder's broken in 80 different right. places. Yeah, there's been no update on that. And you probably won't get an update on that until about Tuesday. He's been a very good pass rusher. He, he had a I think he was the guy who had an excellent contain on on the edge rush. Yeah, he, um, He's the one who forced that fourth and one punt you mentioned earlier, yeah. Frank, by by getting the Harris out of bounds right before the marker really good like it was just like textbook don't over pursue and keep him out it was a really good play and he's come on and you know when we talk about the weapons that Kansas City has the the root of the problem of course is Patrick Mahomes and he's the kind of guy you'd prefer to have on the field I guess maybe the only blessing is um first of all that you know he very well might play and second of all I, I suppose that this is one of the positions where you do have a lot of talent um that can hopefully step up in his place so but we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that throughout the week um but that's it for known injuries of course you could always find out that someone's a little banged up um 
after the game that, you know, they'll find out in the training room, but I didn't see anything. It certainly looked like everybody was having a good time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, hopefully we'll just kind of come out with a, a clean sheet. And um, so did the Chiefs, as it turns out. So you might really see as we, again, sneak closer and closer to game preview time, um, you know, you might really see the real Bills versus the real Chiefs. We'll see. Um, we have some listener questions. I saw. We do. Paul we got Bruce three of them. Oh, my gosh. This is what uh, I, this is what happens when I give a strict deadline for everyone. I'm like, yeah, podcasting in half an hour now or never. Steven, Steven will have like 10 questions in an hour and we, we won't get to any of them. I'm sorry, Steven. But uh, who do we have today? We have uh, Mike Eller, wacky schedule playoff edition. The NFL has decided to implement their time travel powers to get the best buff KC matchup possible. So they have sent this year's Buffalo team back in time to face last year's Buffalo team. Same for KC. The winners have to play this Sunday. Who you got? Ooh. That's a great. That, uh, yeah. First of all, I think Scott is probably like offended that Mike's trying to do a wacky schedule, right? <laughs> I assume you're very upset at this. Uh, you know, a, a poorly done wacky schedule would would have been a front to God and man, but this 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 is this is uh, this is clever, so I'll allow it. Okay. Um, I mean, I got the bills. I think that this Bills team is was built. Well, to yeah, beat. but the, the, the question becomes, which is it? Do you, you take the 2021 Bills over the 2020 Bills? Yes, I think I do. Okay, yes. I yes, think I do. The defenses. Well, I don't know. Last year's defense had White. Ah, right. I this mean, could be recency bias because they played so well the last five weeks, but this team lost six games, including I mean, one like, to Jacksonville. I mean, that's the thing. The secondary last year's secondary is better. This year's defensive line is better kind of a wash on the defense so it's really the offense i think singletary is probably playing better now the line might be playing better now so maybe it's this team by ahead yeah and i'll say i'll give the chiefs portion i think i would take the 2020 chiefs over this year's team this year's team seems to be Mm -hmm. good but the 2020 chiefs for next level and i'll agree with scott i'll say 2021 bills versus 2020 chiefs and And I, i you pick the bills yeah, 2020 Chiefs over the bid. That's I'm. Yeah, that's tough. I'll I'll pick the Bills because I'm tough. a homer, but that would be a yeah. tough one to pick. Because I mean, whatever it was that last year they had figured out against this team, I don't. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like are we getting the whole week of the practice? Are we getting the is the coaching staff to change? Do are the players aware of what's happened? Have they fell through time and space and they're cognizant of this, or has it just been inserted into the deck, kind of? A squid game, kind of. You just open the door, and it's like, play this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a little, it's a little secret wars. Yeah, I don't know. All right, Akechi Mitsuhai said, "Is it next year yet?" And uh, I know, thankfully, it is not. Our, our, we've, we are still at the point where we have yet to have to proclaim our podcast name. Well, uh, no, I, I'm wondering. I took that is question he asking as, as this year is. This is year. it this year? Oh. I don't think he's saying, like, is it over? I think he's saying, is this finally the, the next year we've been waiting for? Okay. It's a bit we'll of a zen co Yeah. Yeah. Now I need to respond on Twitter because I completely uh, botched that. So, all right, That's I'm going to do that. Uh, Riza uh, asks, what's the world of the word, the word of word of the day? I had never done one until yesterday, and I got in, like, four guesses, and it was solar. Yeah. I don't know what today's is. Frank, yes. tell us. I have not done today's. Okay. My wife got it in three. Um, and the trick, of course, is to start with words that have lots of vowels and common letters, like 
stain and horse are good words to start with. Right. I started with, uh, I think, slate or stale or something like that. Slate, stale, pretty good. Okay. All right. And the last, Scott, word of the day. Do you know it? All right. right. So the last one from Josh Allen is better at football. Uh, Josh Josh, Josh Fullen, yes. Um, Is Josh Allen just a god or is he the god? This is a very... uh, I, you know, Paul is immediately uncomfortable with this question. Yes. <laughs> right. Is, is, is the resident Catholic uh, who is very involved in his church. I will defer to the other gentleman this. Also to save my voice for the TDIBH segment. Yes. Um, I think I think Josh is in the pantheon. I don't think Josh is uh, monotheistic. We'll, we'll leave it like that. Yes. I think that I think that Josh Allen allows for the presence of other gods. Like he, like part of his, if you're a Josh Allenist, Josh Allen himself allows for the possibility of other gods potentially on his own team. So therefore, one even if one was a Josh Allenist, you couldn't exclude the possibility of other gods. Right. Okay, there you go. That's uh, maybe next theology. <laughs> All right. Where are we now? Thank you for the listener questions at the last minute, my friends. Uh, the the Bills are probably going to lose some very talented coordinators. Uh, Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable interviewed with Miami on Sunday. They flew into Buffalo to interview these two guys. Um, and they, uh, you know, after firing Brian Flores. Uh, so, we'll, you know, they did that. Chicago will meet with Brian Dable and Joe Schoener. They did meet with them yesterday on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So a very busy day for Brian Dable where I assume he sat in both meetings and said, I don't feel like you're interviewing me. I feel like I am now interviewing you. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can just tell me why I should bother coming to your city. Um, (laughs) And Chicago will meet with Leslie Frazier on Friday. So some decent interest from those two teams. And there could be more as things go on. Um, You know, I'm not worried about them being distracted or anything. I assume these, these interviews take an hour or two and, it's not that you wouldn't prepare for an interview. It's just that your your interview is probably something along the lines of, we know what kind of coordinator you are. You know who our personnel is. Do you have any ideas? And what would you think? And it, it gets to be, you know, just talking football. Yeah, um, and, right. And Different he, than a typical office interview because they know your entire background and they've seen your body of work. And, right. Yeah. It's like if you're it's like if your prospective employer could pull up hours and hours of footage of you working at your current job. Uh, and then they could, you know, talk to you about it. Absolutely. Okay. All right. That's settled. I guess we're right. ready for this day in Bill's headlines, which, yeah. I, which Frank introduces. So I'll, I'll be quiet. Oh, sure. No, uh, the best segment and the, the most awesome segment in all of Buffalo Bill's podcast history on this, the longest running, uh, Bill's podcast in human history. Um, ergo the single best segment in all of Buffalo Bills forever. Amen. Um, in, yeah, Al- in Alan's name, we guess. There we all go. Right. <laughs> Here we go. January 17th is the day. January 17th, 2021. Dr. Homework. Martin Luther King. Uh, that would have been, no, that's, that would have oh, been January 18th right, of 2021, I believe. Um, unlikely hero blank carries Bills to AFC title game. Teron Johnson. Teron Johnson. Good job on the warm-up. All right, 2020, the one you guys never get, but I crossed my fingers today. (laughs) 
Sorry. Bill's blank stepped up at end of season, but is he an answer? Uh, stay ready so I won't have to get ready, blank said of how he approached not playing for so long. Don't get discouraged. Continue to work. And when the opportunity presents itself, be ready. The coach has always preached to me, stay ready. You don't know when your number is going to get called. My number got called and I just performed, showed them that I was available. Scott, uh, this is the wide receiver that we never get. Oh, yeah. You guys didn't even need that hint. Yep. This is the wide receiver you never get. Robert Foster. No, he's another he, wide receiver you never get. The he other was guy. scratched in the playoff game against the Texans so this guy could play. And this guy started and got like 10 or 11. Duke Williams! There it is. The streak is broken. We finally guessed Duke Williams correctly. Duke. All right. Duke. 2019. We have a this death in Bill's history in 2019. A gentleman who died at the age of 62. Uh, Frank will know this if I'm too obvious with the hint. So I will just say one of the most mind-boggling offensive play calls we ever saw back in 2008. Where, let's say Marshawn Lynch was running at will, and then Fred Jackson was running at will, and the Bills had a lead with about two minutes left. Against the 49ers, right? Against the Jets, this was. The Jets. The Jets. It was Lofton on like a a bootleg or something? Yep. Oh, right. Yes, Uh, the but the, uh, as long as we don't throw it. Yes. Play. Um, so at 62 years old, this must be the coordinator who is Turk Schoenert. Turk Schoenert is correct. Yeah. Rest in peace, Turk. All right. 2018, Bills free agency, blank, and three running backs set to hit the open market. Blank played on the one-year veteran minimum in 2017. He has value to the Bills as a multi-positional player, as both a quarterback and wide receiver, as well as a special teams contributor. Terrell Pryor? No, but I was going to, I'm like, Frank will probably guess Terrell Pryor, and this was a great time to guess because he played for the Bills that following season in 2018, but he was signed uh, toward the beginning of the next season. Um, Joe Webb. Joe Webb, you got it. Yes. You guys are firing on all cylinders today. All right, here's here's the another challenging one. Uh, you guys might be able to do this. 2011, blank, named special teams MVP. I feel it was one of my better seasons. I don't care about whether people see me as a special teams MVP. I just want to try to stay consistent. Blank said, I had an ankle injury that held me back for a bit, but I got healed up and I got back out there and felt I had a very productive season on special teams. Uh the hints on this, he was a member of the Browns, the Saints, and the Falcons before spending the last five seasons of his career with the Bills from 2008 through 2012. He is a fullback who is famed for wearing vampire fangs mouth guard. He had those vampire fangs you'd wear for a mouth guard. What year again? 2011. Okay. Damian Shelton? Nope. He was about five years before this. Good, so good guess. Black, yep. Yeah. Stupid fullbacks. Yeah, this is a tough one. I think he, he was probably the fullback with the most tenure on the Bills. Like, he was there even longer than Sam Gash was. <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to get this one, but maybe if you have any more clues, go for it. Um, back in the 19, the, for a first name, back in the 1980s, there were these two uh, teenage heartthrob actors who stalled and starred in all these movies together. They uh, were the Robs. They'd be Rob. Uh, not the Robs, because you oh. did have Rob Lowe. But Corey. They were the, Corey. Corey. Yeah. Corey Graham. Uh, name, some, name some apples. Corey uh, Fuji. Red. Corey Princess. Red. Corey Delicious. Corey Granny Smith. 
not Corey Jazz. I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to name all the ladies. All right. I Corey think McIntosh. Yes, it's essentially Corey McIntosh is what I was going for, but it slightly changes his last name to Corey McIntyre. But we'll accept McIntyre. Corey McIntosh since I gave yeah. the Apple hint. All right. Sorry, 2000, <laughs> 2004. Corey Pink Delicious. Yep. Corey, that's, there's the title of the podcast. All right. Um, 2004. Bills lose blank. Retain Jerry Gray. Blank could have joined Mike Malarkey's coaching staff in Buffalo as the mm. defensive coordinator. Instead, Blank chose a similar and perhaps a more challenging path with the Steelers, opting to reunite with Bill Cowher's strong personality and notable defensive mind and many more years of experience. Uh, Friday, Blank gave his notice as the Bills assistant head coach and became the new coordinator in Pittsburgh, replacing the fired Tim Lewis. Dick LeBeau? Dick LeBeau. Boy, you guys today. Big uh, to Dick me. LeBeau. All right. 2002, 20 years ago, failure in Super Bowl brings lifetime of infamy. The band Blank has a new video centered on a field goal kicker who misses a kick in the final seconds of a big game. Video director Joseph Kahn says based partly on Scott Norwood, the Buffalo Bills kicker who missed a potential game-winning field goal in the closing seconds of Super Bowl 25. The ultimate indignity for Norwood, wouldn't you say, being thrust onto video shells between the bare midriffs and the trashy rap. Man, I missed uh, 2002 music videos. Um, strange that Blank would choose such a subject for a music video, but give them this. The title is appropriate. It's stuck in a moment you can't get out of. You too? You too. Good really? Job. They did a video about Scott You've Norwood? never seen that video? Oh, yeah. No. It's, it, it, it's not really Norwood. The kicker is much more arrogant, but he goes out there for a chip shot kick to win. John Madden's in the video, and he's the announcer, uh, and he just he just I botches it up. When this podcast is over, I'm going to watch it. So. All right. Gosh. Nin- 1994. Ex-Colt Blank finally catches more playoff fever with two TDs for Bills, which, by the way, was a record tie by Dawson Knox uh, Saturday for a playoff game. The Buffalo Bills' newest hero arrived here last March direct from the anonymity in the, from the, anonymity in the Indianapolis Colts. Blank, one of the NFL's best clutch receivers, was a household name only in the Hoosier Dome during an eight-year Colts career. His journey out of the shadows started with free agency last spring and ended with the Bills' 29-23 AFC playoff victory over the Los Angeles Raiders on Saturday at Rich Stadium. Boy, a lot of changes there. Uh, on a surface better suit for ice game than football, Blank caught six passes for 96 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner three minutes into the fourth quarter. Wanted to get a chance to play in the playoff game and be part of it, Blank said after making the most of his playoff opportunity. This is the cold game, right? This is the one I was at. Yeah, this was the one you were at. This guy had a big game. Very Gosh. good clutch receiver. He was Bill's leading receiver one year when Andre Reid was hurt. He's um, been best before in recent weeks. Yeah, it's after it's after Metzlars, obviously. So this is um, we're looking at wide receiver here. I just yeah. Of, why did I think tight end? Because okay. I said Dawson Knox because he tied. Dawson yes, Knox, also tied my brain went on the tight end yeah. thing. Okay. So not Lofton, not Reid. Um, Ferdinand Marcos. Yeah, Ferdinand Marcos. Good, good uh, guess. Great, great. This person had similar taste in shoes, I understand. Amelda. <laughs> uh, his wife. Amelda Marcos in the shoes. No one knows what we're Bill talking Brooks? about. Bill Brooks? Bill Brooks. Good job, Frank. There we go. The Brooks Three got me. I got you good. with the Bills at, uh, you, you know, leading receiver a couple times. So good job, uh, Bill Brooks. And the last one, 
just like uh, last time, we're going to talk about the AFC title game 30 years ago. Uh, Bill's blank, strong down the stretch. Blank received all the attention he could handle after the Buffalo Bills defeated the Denver Broncos Sunday. The phone was ringing off the hook Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills cornerback said. It was the same thing last year. Once you make the Super Bowl, everyone knows who knows you, and those don't know somehow get your phone number. Once you make one of the biggest plays of the game to get your team to the Super Bowl, you can be sure everyone you know will be calling. Blank was one of the heroes of the Bills' 10-7 victory Sunday after forcing and recovering a fumble by Denver's Steve Sewell following the Broncos' recovery of an onside kick in the final minutes. The play was the latest in a succession of big plays Blank has made the latter part of the season, plays that have given a greater appreciation for the steady fifth-year veteran. Is Kelso? It's not Kelso. Kelso would have been a safety. So... Looking for a cornerback, looking for the guy across from uh, Nate Odoms at this point. This was a guy who followed the same path as Odoms. He left the Bills to sign with Seattle, then had two injury-plagued years and never played again, unfortunately. Oh, he was an answer the other week, Kirby Jackson. Kirby Jackson, very good. I remember yes. I had him as a recent answer. I was going through my, I was like, why is that name sticking out? And that's because we. I think he was an answer a few weeks ago. All right. Uh, good job, guys. I think you, you acquitted yourselves very well today. You got a little Corey McIntyre stumble, but otherwise you were pretty much eight of nine on uh, this day in Bill's headlines. And I have a new video to watch. Yeah. Music video. Very good. Uh, Bill's Kansas City. Kansas City favored by two and a half, which is the new three-point home field advantage. So this is essentially a pick'em football game, and I don't blame anybody for, um, for naming this a pick'em because – this is going to be a hell of a football game, I would think. And I think that unlike this past week, it will be stressful and it, it, it might be interesting in the fourth quarter here. Um, you know, obviously the, the 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 Chiefs won last year, kind of held the Bills down. I'd say the Bills held down the Chiefs earlier this year. So, I mean, I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of um, and I think the other thing, if you're the Bills, you know, there's no reason to doubt yourself at this point. Right. There's nothing. It's not it's not that. um it's not that they, they can't win. It's that if you do what you do best, you you certainly can win and, and very well should. Maybe maybe the answer is should. I don't know if, if there is a should, but um, it's 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 an interesting um, depth for the the thing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and take my time to start first here because I usually put Scott and Paul on the spot. But my, my feel as we as we say before, we're not picking who will win at this point. We obviously all want the Bills win. And I won't put anyone in the pot spot of maybe having to pick the Chiefs. Um, but just talk about how the Bills can win. And I think that for me, um, it comes down to a couple of things. I think that, first of all, um, the the same frustration that you, you caused them earlier this year, that's what you want to do defensively. That includes uh, getting after Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the, the focal point where you start things. It will definitely hurt to not have Trey White on the field. I think this is the first time we might end up saying that. Like, you know, it's not that he isn't great, but I think they've done a great job uh, of pass coverage without him. Um, and I think that this is the first game where you might see that. I think on offense, here you go, guys, I'm going to say it. Uh, they're going to be able to run the football. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a good choice because I think that there's a lot of evidence that Kansas City struggles with the run. I think Devin Singletary and the offensive line have done a good job. And I think one of the things that will happen is you want to get to this level of 15 to 16 carries for 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 Singletary and you want him to get to those five yards of carry. So I think that will be a good job to keep Kansas city off balance. You'll be able to eat up some clock um, and, and sort of limit Kansas city's possessions. If you can get the ball first, take it score. 
Um, if you don't get the ball first, that's fine. You're going to have lots of opportunities with this team because Kansas City um, doesn't have long drives. They have quick drives. I th- from what I remember, I'm, I'm sure that's not actually true. Um, and I think the last thing to note about this game before I turn it over to Scott, the one thing I really think about this is um, there is just you are as the Bills. There is nothing lacking. There is nothing lacking with this team. They don't miss anything. They have all the pieces. They have all the abilities. They can do all the things. There's no reason, you know, Josh Allen had a transcendent football game last week. And frankly, there's no reason he can't have another one. Um, There's nothing about the Kansas City Chiefs defense that prevents that. Um, So, you know, if he doesn't, that's fine, too. They, They can still win without it. So they can go out there. They don't need the Chiefs to have a bad game to win. That's what I wanted to say. They don't need the Chiefs to have a bad game to win this football game. They can beat the Chiefs playing the Chiefs when the Chiefs are playing the best that they can too. So I'm excited for it. Uh, the the league is excited for it with no Dallas in the playoffs. The, the Bills are the marquee Sunday night football game. So, um, you know, get your popcorn ready as a famous Bills wide receiver once said. Scott, do you have any different keys or anything you want to say about this game going into it? Scott, you may be on mute. I am on mute. There you go. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, you obviously hit a lot of good ones. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty confident, like you were saying earlier on. I mean, I think this team was built to beat the Chiefs. You know, we have the the light, quick linebackers that you need to kind of try and help you stay with Kelsey a little bit and slow him down, which we did successfully in the first game. I think, obviously, we did have White in the first game, but ultimately, Trey White was only a piece of the puzzle because Trey can't really hang with Tyreek Hill. I mean, that, that was the problem in some ways last respect last year was that Hill is so much faster that it doesn't really... You can't you can't really expect Trey White to keep him keep Hill under wraps anyway. It, we wouldn't we we haven't in the past anyway because we play a fair amount of zone regardless. But um, it was so it was never about White alone versus Hill. It was about the whole defense versus um, Hill. So we're just going to have to kind of kind of stick with that. I think um, the thing that I would say that the that the Chiefs can probably do a little bit better than the Patriots on defense is the defensive line. Um, with Frank Clark, um, with uh, I'm trying to remember the other defensive linemen they have, but there there were two other guys who kind of are a little more concerning than like Christian Barmore, um, who you know is not a bad player, but certainly not like a fearsome pass rusher the way they've had in the past in New England. Um, and so I think that that gives me a little pause. But I'll also say that the line does appear to be playing really well, and they were playing really well for the most part in the first game, and 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 we were able to you know again put up 38 points. Um, you know, kind of score consistently. Um, I think that's that's the good news. Um, getting onto the other side of the ball, I mean, I think our defense against their offense, like I said, you know, I think we just hopefully we can slow down Kelsey and kind of contain Hill. The run game should not be a huge issue. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, if we just get Mahomes kind of moving left or right, we get him a couple of times to the ground, um, you know, I think he'll know this time that obviously, you know, the turnovers were a big thing that helped us in the first game this season that I don't think we can count on as much this year, uh, or at least this game, because I think Mahomes will learn, like, you just got to kind of take the thing. And that's been what offenses, what defense has been doing to him for the whole season now has been doing the cover two shell or the, the deep thirds or whatever to try and slow him down. And he's been, he's been taking it and, and willing to work with it. And they've been able to still put up, you know, 35, 36 points a game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, again, I know we're not doing picks. I think I would, again, be picking the Bills regardless. 
Um, I think I'm a little, in some ways, a little more concerned if we win this game about the game after, but I think the team will be highly motivated. I think um, whatever we did last week during the week of prep, obviously you change your your game plan based on the specifics that the Chiefs pose. But in terms of week of preparation and mental attitude, clearly that was the correct amount of get ready for this game while not getting too overexcited. Um, and I think you just have to, the only thing you maybe tell your team different is, look, this, this, uh, we're, we're, it's not going to be as easy as it was last week. Like that's the biggest thing that I'm worried about is that they will think that they will be able to go out there, you know, even if we, especially, especially if we score a touchdown or two on the first drive or get a stop early on, that it's going to get in our heads that we're, we're going to roll out there and score seven touchdowns and hold them to two, you know, garbage time touchdowns. It's not going to happen like that. So you just have to um, make sure that you are building in that mental resilience into your week of prep so that you understand, like, look, they're going to get their shots in, but we can still win this game 38 to 24, 38 to 21, like we did the first time, or 38, 35. As long as we end up with more points at the end, that's all we got to do. So just keep fighting the whole game. Don't get up in your heads, and that's that's it. All right, last words to you, Paul. Oh, is Paul not here? Paul, have you disappeared? Paul disappeared. Paul, Paul, Paul must be using your uh, Wi-Fi connection, Frank. He must be. I, I feel bad. I don't see any notes from him on the uh, on the thing. I'm sure. Oh, here he is typing. Paul is typing. Paul is typing. I have no further thoughts. I guess. <laughs> Paul, we can't hear you. Paul, we can't hear you. Um, well, Paul's thoughts are that he has no further thoughts. Those are by definition thoughts. Yes, right. No further thoughts about this. He sent a, a, a laughing, the laughing smiley face with the tear, like he's he's sweating so much. I, I'm going to try quickly to add Paul back in. Let me see if I can. Paul. No, I I don't know what to tell you, Paul. Like you're you're in here. Oh, you're on mute. Paul, unmute yourself. <laughs> what a remarkable end of this podcast. Yeah, I hope the. Uh, I hope the Bills are better prepared than us. Okay, Paul's (laughs) screen is frozen. Paul has no further thoughts. Uh, Certainly not an ominous way to end the podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll just fucking go out like this one more time. Now, um, thank you so much for listening. You know what, Paul? Why don't you take to Twitter later today when you have some time? If you have any final thoughts on the podcast, go for it there. And that'll be our way to spread out the interaction. You can no longer get us all in one place. You have to kind of visit all of our socials which includes literally Twitter, MNY Bills on Twitter.com. We thank you so much for listening. We really hope, um, first of all, so thrilled that we get to do a podcast about this past game. That was really like, that is going to be a special thing for a lot of people for a long time. And we really hope we are in a similarly good mood next week after they play the Chiefs. Uh, We will find out. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. And Paul as well. Good night, everybody.